It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. I'm Rob Murphy. Another week, another game, but this time a win for Connacht and quite a comfortable win in the end too. As I look at the scoreboard, 41 points to 5. Coming up in this week's podcast, we're going to hear from Andy Friend and Caelan Blade, man of the match after the game. We're going to hear some in-match brilliance from Alan and William on the podcast this week. Alan Deegan. Hiya, Rob. On the podcast this week. David. Buongiorno a tutti. Buongiorno to you too. Does that work? No. No. Tutti means everyone. All right, fair enough. Well, I'm saying buongiorno to everyone then. You could be plural. Anyways, I feel like this is going places. What a win. Yeah, we'll take that, especially after after last week. Just a bit disappointing last week, but uh, hell of a way to start the season at home in the sports ground. Yeah, really impressive. Oh, yeah, very good. It was a complete opposite in every every sense. It was dry. It was fast rugby. It was good rugby. It was controlled rugby. It was winning rugby. And, you know, it was, it, for people who went to clinically last week it was the perfect turnaround six days later do you know what this team still you know can do it yeah I was in clearly last week you were watching on telly Alan and in fairness the set piece was pretty good last week so it was kind of the line speed in defence in that first half that just kind of continued today and then a lot of other things kind of spun off that yeah there seemed to be more confidence there was more chat there was definitely more talk Ooh, on, on the field thing, yeah. yeah yeah, you could you could hear it we could, we could hear it we could hear the chat in the clan um, that you know a lot more uh, support for uh, especially young Conor Fitzgerald who had a, a very solid game kicked really really well yeah what a game from Conor oh superb I mean he got he got fun football he kicked well the f- everything seemed to go right and he's like most out halves he's a, he's a confidence bear in the first first few things he did went very well his kicking from hand went well it, and he, he grew more and more into the game and that's how it goes he grew into the game he got more confident which means he grew more into the game which means he got more confident so he had a very 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 good 60 minutes um so yeah, he, he it's definitely like for everybody to step up on last week and for him particularly I thought he was he he gave us a platform for which the other guys could perform. Okay, I'm calling that the top line take. Now into the game. After that then, well let's hear from the men behind the scenes and of course a man in the middle of it all doing so well. That's Caelan Blade and also Andy Friend speaking to William Davis. Some noise, show your appreciation. And I'm with a captain, Joe Okay, William, we're just about to kick off. Second match of the season, first game in the sports ground for the new season. You're expecting a win for Connacht? Yeah, I am. I think they should they should win tonight. I think they need to win tonight. They need to play a lot better than they did at the Scarlets. It's a beautiful night for rugby here. It's calm, it's mild. So let's hope both of these sides really really get stuck in and get at it. Uh, Benetton had a really good go at Leinster at home last week, but they did lose. So the battle of the two sides that didn't win last week in Pool B. We'll talk again on 20 minutes. <laughs> 20 minutes gone, William. Connacht have a comfortable 15-point lead. Yeah, they made a really good start. Two, two, two nice tries. Kyle Godwin from distance. Caelan Blade on the edge of the scrum there. Uh, they look well up for this. They look much more at the pace of the game than uh, Benetton do. It's a matter now of keeping their foot down. Sometimes last season they do this, and then the second 20 minutes of the half they ease off. They want to keep this going hard to halftime. They certainly do. We'll talk again at halftime. That's all, yeah, that's well over, yeah. 
Half-time score, Connacht 22, Benetton 0. We, we don't feel as happy as we should do because we, we should have had a bonus point there at the end. Yeah, but this game's over. Um, Connacht really kept the pressure on in that second 20 minutes. I don't see, I think, Treviso already halfway on the plane home, really. They just haven't turned up tonight. Connacht haven't let them play. Uh, really quick, much better communication. Still a few accuracy issues which they'll think about there, particularly at the end with that final scrum, but effectively um, this is a much better performance and uh, it's a matter now of keeping the boot down to the 80th minute. We'll talk again on 60 minutes. 60 minutes, scores now, Connacht 34, Benetton 5. Bonus point got. Yep, bonus point achieved. Um, it's gone off the boil this game a little bit now, so it's just important to keep Connacht keep at it and work hard for the next 20 minutes. Uh, Kieran Marmion's come on, Dennis Buckley's come on, Alton Delan's come on. So, you know, these guys want to start games, so I suppose it's their opportunity now. The front row's been changed uh, as well. So it's uh, important 20 minutes for them because big game next Friday night and you know, people might be putting their hand up for selection, but they'll be well pleased with where they are now. The game is put to bed. They just need to close it out. They certainly do. We'll talk again on full time. Ladies and gentlemen, final score at the sports ground, Connock 41, 5. Final score, 41 points to 5. Pretty comprehensive win in the end. Yeah, decent win, good performance. Uh, game got really broken up in the last 20 minutes with all the changes which you would expect. Fair play to Benetton, they actually kept going. I've seen sides in that situation really just give up. But Connick will be pleased with that. They needed that type of performance. They needed that type of win. And uh, there's a lot of good points to take out of it. I'm sure they'll analyse it and then they'll move on for the Dragons. It's a, it's a home season that started with a win. They need to follow up now on Friday. Okay, and that looked a much more cohesive better performance all around played at a very good high speed as well yeah definitely um, I'd say if you looked at our game last week and looked at it this week I'd say you, you think we're a different team um, I think a lot of things clicked there we worked on we worked with a long week worked on a lot of things and I think the the stuff we worked on we, we brought to the pitch there and you could see our, I think our our kicking and our tactical decision making along with our, the work rate of our forwards was huge and look we scored a good few tries but we've a six day turnaround now so we need to take all them positives look at the learnings that we have and, and bring it all to Dragons next week Communication was mentioned last week it was a bit of an issue tonight it was pretty obvious players were talking to each other uh, young Conor Fitzgerald was getting maybe a little bit more help and that improved his game but the whole thing looked as if everybody was on the same page Definitely um, I think we were still in, bidding our shells last week um, kind of the season came after a long pre-season, the season came quite quick all of a sudden and we were, all of a sudden we were in, in the Pro 14. Um, but that's no excuse. Um, we, we challenged a lot of people and a lot of people put their hands up today. Um, I think the communication, as you said, w- was massive and especially I think Connor, his, his, his kicking and the confidence that he brought through that helped his whole game today. Andy, a lot of smiles on the faces of the players walking off this evening. Good win. Good performance. That's what you needed to to get your home season kickstarted. Yeah, it was exactly what we needed, um, and they deserved a smile. They played good rugby, you know. And they you know, said, I, "I know people say Benetton have got a lot of players away. They're still a good rugby side." And we saw that last year uh, when they came here. They're, they're a tough side to put away, but 
I just thought the the manner in which uh, we conducted ourselves in that first 40 minutes laid a brilliant platform and and uh, we just squeezed the life out of them, didn't give them a, they, they didn't get a line out to launch off. Um, we got three tries and and uh, we were winning a penalty count seven to one. Um, means things are going pretty well for you. Quinn Roo had a big game, very physical, made some big hits, drove them back. The whole thing looked more, just more, much more switched on than what we saw last week. And the communication between the players is obvious that people were talking to each other and organising. It's such a simple thing, communication, isn't it? Um, well, firstly on Quinn, listen, he, he was outstanding, I just thought. And he did it through the week too, the energy he brought to our training session um, because we wanted line speed and, and Quinn was the bloke that actually ignited that in training during the week and he ignited it out there again tonight. Um, he's playing brilliant football. I, I, I got so much time and respect for that man as... As a as a rugby player and, and a line out caller and the things that he does, he's it's great to have him in our squad. Um, for the rest of the players, yeah, there was. He's, you know, said to to Kalen and and to Connor at half time, "What's the difference, fellas? Why are we kicking the ball to space? Is it because we've been told where the space is, friendy? It's pretty easy, isn't it?" So then to you know to Pete Robb and to Kyle Goblin, to Tian and to Stevie Fitz, to Matty Healy, well done. Keep the voice because it makes their job so much easier. Um, and, and listen, we often say it's a simple game. It is if you get the basics right. As well, tonight it was a lot more direct. Last week got very lateral. Uh, did that come from the centres or was it just making better use of the ball? Well, I think what we had there tonight was forwards who weren't fatigued from running, um, you know, chasing kicks that didn't go out and, and being asked to, to to run into brick walls when, when you're not going to get through it. So, you know, if you go back to that... That first passage of play last week, um, the ball's in play for two, two minutes 40. We had 20 phases and then we get turned over. Uh, we, we, turn, we kick the ball back and they, they put us back 50 metres. That, physiolog- that, that, that psychologically can damage you. We then come out and we then have a, there's another kicking duel that goes on about five minutes after that. And after that, our forwards were, were gone. So you know they're going to go lateral now because they've got nothing left in their legs. What we did tonight, we, pres- we, we preserved their energy we asked them, we kept the ball in front of them and when it was their time to go, they had the energy and the, and the power to, and the strength to get across the line and, and to do what they do, which is carry forward for us and dent and then let, let our backs play. And one nice little moment at the end, maybe, in the Masterson family, Sean coming on and replacing Owen, uh, his brother, who came off with a, with a smile on his face. Um, that must be great for him to make a start. John Porch got a start as well and Paddy McAllister got his second cap. Yeah, yeah, I'm really, really pleased for Sean and for and for John and for Paddy last week. Um, we had two sets of brothers out there today, with the, with the Fitzgerald boys and then the Masterson boys. Would have loved to have got um, Sean on with Owen, but it just didn't pan out that way, unfortunately. But yeah, really, a really proud moment for uh, for the Masterson family tonight. Welcome back to the Clan Terrace where the wind is blowing a little bit. I hope you don't hear that in the background. And everyone is clearing up around us and we're going to try and get out of the way. We have got out of the way. We've done the job. And we're welcoming a new guest, a new voice to the podcast. A regular voice from last season. Danny Deegan, up in the broadcast booth with me, helping me out in the background. What did you see in this great victory that maybe we haven't talked about yet? Uh, Connacht's discipline. So Connacht gave away nine penalties last weekend. They only gave four in this whole game. Uh, I think the second one came in the 47th minute. So that's compared to uh, Treviso's 10. Just the dis- discipline this week 
just kind of help Connor to keep good control of the game this week. Yeah, straight in with his uh, big stat. Can't argue with that. No, no, you can't. Um, you look at the forward pack. The pack were were, were monstrous. The second rows both sort of pounded their opposite numbers. Um, Paddy McAllister had a good game, quiet but very effective. Uh, Tom McCartney was going around hitting players like I haven't seen him hit for at least a couple of years, um, really smacking into people. And, and Finley Bealham was was creating havoc, which allowed the back row to do their thing. Give me more names that you talk about. Well. Well, he's talked about the forwards, and I can't argue with that. Let's talk about the backs. I think all the backs did well. Um, there was a spontaneity. It was a little... A, 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 they seemed to play with a freedom. They were trying things. Didn't always come off, but I thought the back line went well. And more importantly, there was an adaptability. Conor Fitzgerald goes off and Kyle Gogan goes into 10. They bring on John Porch, and that means Stephen Fitzgerald goes to 15. And you, there, was a, there, there didn't seem to be a massive drop in, in cohesion between, between the backs after that. Of course, obviously, Blade had a superb game with his two tries. But then Marmion comes on, and, you know, again, there's no lack of cohesion. There's no drop-off in cohesion. There's no drop-off in performance. I thought the box kicking today was a massive improvement over recent times. Probably the key reason, probably the bit that took Blade from a brilliant game to man of the match. Because that was, that was the extra little bit he brought. Yeah, because, I mean, it's so, I mean... There is like everybody tries to be Conor Murray, and Conor Murray, unless you actually see it and count it, it is metronomic. And we were some way off that last, some way off that last season. We were very much off that last week. There's been a move towards more kicking, more control kicking. You've even seen it in the Eagles. But the box kicking has always been a bit of a letdown. It's a night it really worked. It got us on, it got us on the front foot. We won a number back, back, and also more importantly, when they won the ball, our kick chase was very good, and that that's the entire back line and indeed the the back row as well. In fact, everybody chased up it was great and to back that up uh, Connacht playing the right territory it took Treviso 47 minutes to get into Connacht's 22 so they didn't get in at all in the first half and it took them 47 to the 47th minute other players who uh, you know really stood out for me Peter Robb had a huge game yeah he was very much more commanding in the the centre this week I think that really helped Connacht Fitzgerald but uh, I want to highlight Godwin again because Godwin put in some seriously big hits. I think there was one moment just um, Treviso just outside Connex 22 in the second half, and Godwin absolutely buries their replacement tighthead. You know, like absolutely, he puts him backwards. You know, like that's that's pretty impressive from. Uh, Godwin, you know. I really enjoy watching Conor Fitzgerald tackle because little man, he's around the ankles. It's brilliant and it's effective, and he did it multiple times. And I think he had a good all-round game. Well, it's it's simple, isn't it? When we were young, we were taught to tackle by the legs. That's you can't run with your legs. Doesn't matter how big the guy is, you you tackle by the legs. And if you're a smaller guy, you tackle big guys by the legs because the the saying was the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Um, but if you're trying to tackle around the head and the neck, they don't run with their head and the neck. I don't quite understand why this it's so prevalent in the game still. Um, the other, yeah, like the other. that Argentinian red card today. I mean, you know, you, we all feel sorry for him, but at the same time, there's a reason why they're out, uh, trying to outlaw that to protect players. But also, it's pointless what he's doing. It's just macho smashing that doesn't need to be done. Yeah, and it's a bit like um, the, the Welsh out half Patchell. You know, that I had to say, I fully agreed with with um, the Australian captain who said that was bad tackle technique. Like, again, why is he doing? What's he doing? Like, in, it should have been a penalty to Australia. 
because he was tackling too high. I, I didn't understand it. You know, why was that not a penalty to Australia? But that's in a, you know, as I say, that's tackle by the legs. That's in the competition we don't care about. And if we're talking about macho, macho posturing, I think dumping a guy after dumping a guy in his head after you've won the penalty is the ultimate in macho <laughs> posturing. Um, let's not talk about it. Well, let's talk about Italian rugby because we try to be positive about it sometimes. And Treviso are a shining light. Uh, you know, Kieran Crowley's done an incredible job. But at the same time, their national team. Eh. Oh, to be fair, they had ten points after two games, which nobody else did that, I mean even the All Blacks didn't have 10 points after two games I, they, they, Dave will always find a positive I will I mean to be and today, why look, so much negativity why so much negativity tonight tonight look rugby's a gestalt entity each game is an individual game in and of itself but has to be seen in a wider context mm. tonight was a poor night for Treviso does that mean they're terrible no it just means tonight was a bad day next week they could go out and do exactly the same thing to somebody else so I don't I don't wouldn't judge anything on tonight it's just very good for us um, but does this mean the end of Italian rugby following on from the defeat in, against South Africa? I no, I no, don't not think, even close. I don't think I was saying that, for God's sake. Uh, I may have just slightly <laughs> elongated your point. Yeah, <laughs> wow, did you take that to another stratosphere? Um, no, uh, what I would like to say, and what I would like to segue off, is speaking of one week to the next, Connick could go to Newport and lose in its crisis territory again, Danny. What gives you hope that they'll go to Newport and get the job done in a much tighter pitch with a less friendly atmosphere, perhaps, dare I say, about the lovely Newport fans? Well, you've got to take confidence from this. Like, kind of, from what specifically? Would you? Well, just like Connor Fitz, he started well last week and then drifted out of the game. And in this one, he controlled it completely. Now, I, I, again, it comes back to the two guys outside him really uh, helping him along. A lot of communication this week, but that's got to be the benchmark now. You can't go below that, and he's going to be on cloud nine. So, cloud nine. Yeah, although we haven't won in Wales since 2017, so you know. Cloud eight. I think he's making it back to cloud nine. No, this, 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 this can go either one of two ways. It's either bring us to cloud ten or cloud seven, depending. <laughs> if you want to go about, don't worry about not winning away. Unfortunately, it's the Dragons I'm talking about. They won their first away game in four years today. So I wouldn't worry too much. Oh, we won't have one in two. They had one in four. They've probably scored more points today away from home in four years than they've done in all the other games. 55. 55. And now, admittedly, and again, this kind of kills my point about Italian rugby. <laughs> it was against Zebra. Um, Look, but yeah. Italian rugby but is I mean, not dead. Uh, but I mean, I mean, it's two teams. Are, it's going to be a cracking game because usually one of the teams is in crisis. One of the teams is in the bad run of form. The two teams are coming in after big victories. It's going to be actually, could be a cracking game. It's going to be determined by the weather. I wouldn't want to be going to Newport in the rain. Alan, we've been to Newport many times uh, watching games and you know, we know the Newport situation. We know what their fans will be thinking of this game. They cannot lose to Connacht this weekend if the season's going to go anywhere. So how do Connacht kind of go against that narrative? They want it more, to use a GAA term. Well, there's an element of that, but if the Connacht front five keep playing the way they do and keep keep control of the ball, and then you've got an out half who's getting more confident as he plays more rugby, more communication support, more communication. You've got two scrum halves, two two, you know, fantastic scrum halves doing a doing a really good job. Um, you've got every chance of, of winning that game, but yeah, I'd be worried. Caelan Blade is just to find his start ahead of Kieran Marmion. He should be at the World Cup. And everyone thinks it's a bloody travesty that he's not it's, that he's not there, and I think that all just makes sense to us. But how could it make sense outside of here? Yeah, well, I suppose this is what you want. You want two guys pushing each other to higher levels. Like Kieran comes on and scores a try as well. So, like you know, you got the three, two of them scoring tries left, right, and centre. Just, just, just talking of tries in the game, just to bring it off to the side. Tom McCartney scored two tries tonight. He scored two tries the last time he played here against. Benetton he scored a try prior to that he, so half of Tom McCartney's tries that he scored for Connacht have come against Benetton wow sorry just 
Wow. A show-stopping stat from the stats man to our right. That is almost it from us coming up this week on Thursday. The usual midweek podcast which sets the scene for a trip to Wales. Lindy and William are currently in the press conference doing their work. You've heard William chatting to the lads. But it will be us on the journey. Dave? Two quick things. First of all, we need to say the referee. Very good performance. For a guy in his first game. The oh, only, that his first ever? That's his first uh, Pro 14 game. I thought he was very good, very clear, very communicative. He made some very good decisions. Uh, not all of them went our way. I think, I think we, were, we, we, could, we could, if we were being narky, say that possibly one of the tries was as loud. What may have been a try, but I couldn't see the ball, so I understand why he didn't give it. Um, he also makes Caitlin Blade look quite big. Um, and the other thing is, that was a beautiful jersey they were wearing. It was a Harlequin jersey. What I have to say, whoever designs Italian rugby jerseys did is a genius. The training top is oh, amazing. That's <laughs> all. That oh, talk on the clan. All before the <laughs> Oh, look at that. Look at that. And then one of our guys comes out on the top. You're going, like, that's like, like some 1970s top. top bad, but in comparison to what they were against oh most God, other teams. I said these podcasts would be shorter and we're talking about jerseys. This has gone too far, but yeah, There's what a training top. Okay, that's almost it. One other thing I did want to say, Tiernan and showed some great sportsmanship by uh, just telling the referee you know what I knocked that on don't even bother going to the team oh, love it referee appreciated it it was a nice touch yeah it's just it's good to see uh, Dan Bigger did it a couple of weeks ago as well you know it's just uh, bring back the Dan Bigger one Johnny, Johnny Sexton was interviewed uh, a couple of days later the reason Dan Bigger said he knocked it on was so as that there'd be a five metre scrum because if they hadn't they would have found that he was offside from the initial intercept and it would have been a penalty to Ireland <laughs> And the reason why Tiernan yeah, O'Halloran did it is because the game was almost over and he wanted to just to get it over. To be fair, I think if Tiernan hadn't landed on his back, it was a try. It was a lovely... I can't believe we couldn't just finish on a positive. Cynicism reigns. Lads, our shirts this year are damn fine. Buy them. There you go. Yeah, the big problem with the podcast is that we still don't have the main man. Where's Packy? He just went home. Just like that. <laughs> and as Dave Holland walks past I have to say the pitch is in fantastic shape looking incredible <laughs> they, they might be over they might be talking into our podcast here but they deserve to because the pitch has been brilliantly put together well done guys. guys ever what a job they do on this great venue we will be back with you in a few days time stay listening follow us on every social media you can possibly think of that's it thanks Danny you're welcome thanks Davey Good night. Can't believe I called you Davey for no particular reason. Thanks, Alan. Ciao. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Loose, cut it loose. Break out or nothing changes. Sad and confused. Don't wait until you.